For the first time in over 20 years, hip fans had to wait longer than two years for new material. It was three years after we got World Container that Bob Rock came down from the mountain with the stone tablet masters of what appeared to be a campfire album called We Are The Same. Although it launched with a cool promo, the hip performing live at the bathhouse beamed to Cineplex theaters across Canada, and it debuted at number one, I have absolutely no memory of this album entering the zeitgeist. In fact, I could tell you that only Love is a First made it to my ears before the Fully and Completely podcast. My first full listen of this album was followed by a visit to the grocery store where I bumped into my co-host Greg, and I remember us casually throwing around terms like milk toast and beige when describing what we were getting into with this springtime release. What followed, though, is something amazing, and it's something only music can truly do. You see, I gave this album its due, and by that I mean a good, solid listening session. On walks, at my desk, on my patio, the beige started to turn into a kaleidoscope of colors and shapes. The album was making me feel nostalgic for my 1977 El Camino. I could envision loading up the back of this hog with camping gear and taking this record to the cottage for the May Long and listening to nothing but. Yes, I had become a fan of We Are The Same. Today, it's an album I reach for when I feel wistful and I want to reminisce with my past. I adore Morning Moon and the Depression Suite, but the deeper cuts do it for me too. Will the love that Pete and Tim felt on the Bob Rock-produced World Container spill over onto this record, or will their first experience be like mine? We're here now, so we may as well be getting hip to the hip. Long Slice Brewery presents Getting Hip to the Hip. Hey, it's JD here, and welcome back to Getting Hip to the Hip. I'm here every week with my friends Pete and Tim, and what we do is we talk about the Tragically Hip one album at a time, week over week, trying to understand what it's like to hear this band for the first time again. Pete, Tim, how the fuck are you guys doing? Oof. Hola, como estas? Buenas tardes. Bueno, bueno, bueno. Los fans, fans de Tragically Hip. That's how they. That's how they would say it here. I'm not. I'm not culturally appropriating. That's how people talk here in Spain. And they. They don't. In Spanish, they, you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they. They. You know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't like change the name of Tragically Hip. They would. They would just say Tragically Hip, just like they say. See, see, see. There, claro, uh, claro, claro, claro. I don't know where he's went to, but there was uh, a guy on Facebook. He's in the Facebook group, and his name is Lu- Luca Tadia, I believe, and he's mm. Italian. And he discovered the hip out of he's a in Italian. He's Italian. He's in a band. He's a singer songwriter, and uh, he was at a really low point, and he discovered the hip. And he he really feels so strongly about them that he's rewritten rewritten the lyrics 
Whoa. like transcribed, like not transcribed them. What word am I looking for? Translated, translated them. them. But in many cases, he's had to write his own because there's so many turns of phrase. Yeah, so he's he's having to write like his own sort of stuff. Whoa. But, but to fit in the melodic structure, and then you know he he alters the melodic structure a little bit. But he's released a whole whack, and he's coming out with a record and everything. No but I haven't, shit. But I haven't seen, I haven't seen anything about him in a while. So. What a Luca, feat. fucking surface, Luca, come back to it, dude. Yeah, Luca. I'll point. Congratulations. I'll, I'll, I'll send some stuff to the thread later this week. But um, I'm getting way, uh, way caught up in the weeds here because we're here to talk about a record. We're here to talk about we are the same, uh, released in 2009, mm-hmm. which. Interesting tidbit. This is the first time that a hip fan had had to wait more than two years for a record since the band emerged in 1987. They had to wait three years. So it was 2006, then 2009. For the was that record. the longest three years of hip's lives? Or what, I'm guessing, what was going on during that time? I'm guessing the diehards were losing their minds. Yeah. Are they uh, breaking up? What's going on? Like Gord was doing solo stuff. Robert okay. Baker was doing Strippers Union in 2005. So he might have toured Strippers Union in 2006. I, I don't know. They did their usual stuff, but they, like, to my, to my knowledge, they, I mean, the record still opened at number one um, for the week that it was released, mm-hmm. which was consistent with what the hip had been doing. I think they had eight in a row or something like that. But they just weren't part of the zeitgeist, you know? They weren't part of, or, or maybe it's just they weren't part of my zeitgeist. That, that might be it. Uh, they they might have been, but, but I feel like if they were as big as they were in 96, in 2009, then they would have never fell off my radar, sort of. And it wasn't that they fell off my radar. They, I, I, I just started listening to other music. I just, okay. you know. Were I, you I aware of their stuff. whole, their whole bathhouse performance at the end or before the release like they played at the bathhouse to they, they played a show i would have lost my like i would have lost my mind uh, so i yeah i don't I, I don't know it was just out of my reference point yeah so point. i i read that that they played at the bathhouse and yeah. it was uh it was a screened i guess at yeah. cineplex theaters across canada it's like these guys were you know Cineplex Theaters. for sure. Do you know what Cineplex Theaters owns? One of the things they own is a branch of places called the Rec Room. And ah. one, of the rec, one of the Rec Rooms is in Toronto where we're going to be hosting our event. And we hope you all make Get it. Get out of fucking town. Wait, yeah, what's, what is, what's this event? What are we doing? <laughs> Come on, be on board. <laughs> I, 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 hate the, I hate the pull it out game. Uh. <laughs> That's going to be a fun night. I just can't wait. That's going to be a real fun oh, night. Oh, don't lie, J- JD. Your pull-out game is great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's got like 12 Sorry. pockets on his outfit right now. He's pulling shit out there. Jesus. Um, oh, man. Yeah, no, the event's going to be great. Uh, tickets are selling through, so get them while you can. And, Hit them uh, quick. Get, you, more, yeah. get more information on our Twitter feed or send any of us an email, Tim at gettinghiptothehip.com. Uh, you can do all of that and more. So let's uh, let's get into this Bob Rock produced record. Uh, this one's this one's recorded entirely at the bathhouse, which is a stark contrast from World Container, which was recorded at a, a big 
big studio in Vancouver and a relatively large studio in Toronto. This was now the hip on their own ground. I feel like as a result of that, we get a very different sounding record. Um, it's got like the nuances, the nooks and crannies that the bathhouse records are sort of becoming famous for, but it's still like, holy shit, is this record produced? Whew. Like, like it is depending on what side of the fence you're on, it's either, uh, intricate or too busy, you know, yeah, like, yeah. uh, in, in terms of some of the arrangements. The, the general, I don't know, gist of it that I was kind of reading about is a little bit of a love hate. I don't know. I, I also read that that extra year they're waiting for Bob Rock to return from a carnival cruise, like a really extended long carnival cruise. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that, that's, that's my joke right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got that. It took me a second. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Dial we'll, it in. New, we'll dial it in I'll, in post. I'll no, like, my like, new editing tools on that one. Punch, up, know, this, the, punch, punch up the laughter. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I really, I, I read a bit about this album. It is very much highly produced. I feel like it's this the the all music reviews three stars. Yeah. Which is lower, you know, by at least half a point than than usual. And one term they used about it was um, a creative bankruptcy. Like they pulled out Ooh. all the stops, all ah. of the stops for this album, and tapped wow. tapped the tank. So I thought that That's was pretty pretty fucking harsh review. That's very harsh. I, Considering I three years, man. Sorry, yeah. JD. Yeah. yeah, no, no, don't be sorry. I. I just, I don't see that it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I like this. I like this record. I'll tell you guys. I didn't. The first time I heard it did not. So I was the same. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear about your experience listening to the record. I was kind of the same. I listened to it. Well, I listened to parts of it. I couldn't, I couldn't sit through it all the first try. It was like, I don't know. It was like, uh reading a series of books and getting to the next book. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this book's going to take me forever. That's what it just felt like to me. And finally got through it. I, I'll say finally. And wasn't so sure, but you know, there were songs. I'll just say that there were songs that grew on me after repeat listens. And I, and I got to a point where I thought I could see how hip fans either embraced the whole trajectory of the hip and continued to absolutely love this band. And I could see how some hip fans were like, what the fuck? When are we going to get this Bob Brock guy out of here? Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I, I feel like that's, that's still, I don't know, still a thread going through it. So yeah, that was my take. Listen to it kind of everywhere. I just, I gave this album, some some real attempts but i listened to it also i think less than other albums in general okay pete uh you know no, i say we get into it because I, I got a lot to say about the you know the record as we go and i'll, I'll leave my comments to the record as a whole oh. as we move on okay I mean, well then, <clears throat> then kick us off here let's let's start right out with morning moon I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, let's see, it definitely a different tone to, to begin the record on, um, with the acoustic vibe. Um, the melody was really cool. 
I was surprised by the strings, but um, mm -hmm. as we'll talk about as we go on here, mm -hmm. the strings okay. become the strings a become a thing. Hey, that's a good way of putting yeah. it, Tim. Yeah. Um, there, uh, there's a really cool country lick with the electric guitar. I like yeah. it. Chorus is catchy. Heavy harmonies, twanging guitar. Um, I, I got some. I, I, I got some like a little bit of Eagles vibes on this too. Sure, completely hear it. Sure. My note that I my note I wrote down was it's got an AM radio chorus. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, but but in a good way. <laughs> in a yeah, good way. in a good way. But I wasn't like, I wasn't like, ah, oh, fuck. This is too, yeah. I mean, this is not. This is not music at work. This does not Correct. No, grab you by the balls and punch you in the face and then throw you down the fucking hill. It, it, <laughs> it doesn't do that. Um, not to say that I want that, but yeah. It, it, interesting start. That's all I'll say. Track one. Um, we'll, we'll go there. We'll, we'll talk about Bob Rock as we keep going. Oh, Bobby. I thought, you know, this is an interesting start as well. It's got this country rock ballad. You know, it's like, are we jumping into a, a a good condition '90s Chevy Suburban driving through Nashville in this one, like heading to the the barbecue place? I don't know, but it also felt like you know I was listening through and and also thought this is so singable and it's kind of lovely and it's balladish and feels a little country. There's slight guitar. There's some I don't know cello or something that comes in. There's you know strings happening and. Um, and then I thought, you know, I could rewrite the lyrics of this song and play it for anybody and they would like it. You know, you could actually turn this into a country music song or you could turn it into, dare I say, like a Christian rock song. It just felt really mainstream stream kickoff song to this album it was oh, it's wrong. like beautiful yeah it's beautiful and i like dug it but it felt like programmed felt kind of programmed i would never suggest rewriting gord downey lyrics there oh, i i agree but the music <laughs> merited a feeling of this could be a song gotcha. played on different types of radio stations it just gotcha it, yeah, I wanted, you know, the kickoff on an album for me, it's got to be, it's got to be gripping and it puts you in the seat and you put on your seatbelt and you go. And this one was like, okay, what's number two? Which, uh, before we get into number two, honey, please, which from each of you would you, what song would you have used to kick off the record if, if you were sequencing the record? Ooh. Is, is there a song on there that does that, that throws you down the hill or, or, or grabs you by the throat, or <laughs> I know which one I would viol not violent out throat. of all of them, but no, I'll it's it. a good it's a good question, JB. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I feel like this record there's songs on. There's even notes that I'll that I'll say. I mean, I'll, when we get into other songs, that like there, I feel like there's songs that don't belong in this record. And gotcha. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, they kicked it off the way they kicked it off, and I think it's. You know, you can't argue with what's been done, and, and I can't make their fucking decisions, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a tough question. It's a good question, but yeah. I, I can't answer it, JD. All right, honey, please. Oof. 
here's here's another one I thought that kind of had this REM feel. Um, I have E Street Band written down. Okay. I also the, the had... beginning just reminds me of that piano lick at the beginning just reminds me of Springsteen. You know, huh. it just feels like it's going into a into a Springsteen song. Okay. This one, um, it it somehow made me think of the band Big Country. I think they were where were they from? Were they Scottish? I don't know. Like it just Gord comes in softly, you know, I kind of felt like, oh, I wonder if they do this one live and he's angrier. Like it just it just I felt like there was a shift that wasn't in this song. Like it just felt like a great radio song, but at the same time it was also playing in the ceiling speaker system when I was in Vancouver, BC getting my teeth cleaned. You know, like it just, it, it was really, it like, it was like, Ooh. I couldn't figure out what it was. It was that, or it was almost a wedding song. Like I couldn't figure out what this song was supposed to be. I just, it just kind of stumped me. It was good and sing along and everything, but it was also like, ugh, what, eh, where are we going? I know it's hard. I, this is that song. Th- this might be the album that I got kicked in the balls at the the show on September first. Somebody, somebody might just walk up and kick me in the balls. Oh, there are big fans of this record. This this might be that album. I'm wearing a cup, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I bought one, dude, on Amazon. Like I'm so no fucking way. I'm wearing a mouth guard, dude. I'm, can you punch in the face? I'm. I'm wearing a wig and I'm going to have like a voice modifier yeah. I, I'm not on my throat. I'm <laughs> I can just set you guys up behind a screen like so nobody can see you. Yeah, you know, you know one like, of those things like silhouette. The old, cage, the old cage. You remember like watching fucking Roadhouse where the band played behind like a fucking like a, yes. like a chain leak fence? Yeah. 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 And that band was? Jeff Healy and the... Fuck, Jeff Healy and the... I don't know. I can't who remember the, the band. I would have just said Jeff Healy band. Jeff shadow Healy. puppets. Yeah. Here's my shadow puppets, Pete and Tim. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Great fucking man, though. You oh. know, we're, we've been drinking the Kool Aid, and sometimes you get a little gurpy from you know too much Kool Aid. I think that's just kind of. It's funny you say that, Tim, because I'm reading my notes for this song, and it and honey, You've got please, gurpy written down. No, no, even better. <laughs> I, I this is my my complete notes on this song. <laughs> Heavy production producer is really mixing the Kool-Aid here. Oh, man. Um, Even how the drums are mixed. I mean, I just, I, I could not, I could not listen to this fucking song enough to, to even see, like, I just was like, yeah, dentist office. I'm at, I'm at a fucking Sears. Yeah. Or or I'm at a Hallmark store. Yeah. And totally. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? I just want to get out of here so I can put on fucking Black Sabbath or the or fucking or fully and completely in my fucking car. Like I just Christ. Excuse my language, but yeah, it just was not taken. Not taken. The the I'll just there's more, but the the you're right about the drum mixing cuz there were a couple times where I was like there's nothing wrong with this drummer. Why are we doing what we're doing here? Oh, it was like fucking the, the right Tom went from the right ear to the left ear. And then the yeah. kicks going back. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? Why? Like, just give me the fucking drums. I don't need a, I don't need a, a ping pong set in my ears. It was just too much. I hear you on the E Street band, JD. 
But yeah, other than that, could not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. Sorry. JD, we need to we need to re-record the start, and you're gonna be like, "This is where I lost my friendship with Pete and Tim," <laughs> and they were banned no, I... from the roof of the United States. No entry, no entry. <laughs> the first time I sat down and listened to the record was for fully and completely the podcast. By the way, Pete, it's fully completely, fully and completely was our podcast. But, Whoa, um, easy, JD. Okay, We're, now you're, <laughs> you're you're cutting your. Okay, all right, Mister Details. This is episode. It's gotten our back. This is like I mean, we got one record. I should know, th- two I should know this. You're know right. this at this point. Um, so I listened to it then, and I like absolutely it did nothing for me. It did nothing. Like I, I was just like, I, I don't even. There was I didn't pick up anything. I, I can't even say, oh, well, the pressure suite I really liked, you know, like, um, no, it, it just washed over me. And uh, that really disappointed me. And so I gave it like a session listen, probably two or three weeks later, where I sat down and listened to it two or three times in a row. And that's when I latched onto a few songs. I won't mm-hmm. say what they were, but I latched onto a few songs. And then picking it up again for this podcast and listening to it. It's like I'm finding some of these songs feel weirdly nostalgic now, you know? Mm. And Honey, Please, I, I like the tone of his voice. Like, I, I, I like what he's doing with his vocals on this song. Yeah. Uh, like, he's he's really playful. G- like, Jitty's like, <laughs> like, no, not like that. <laughs> well, for, well, I was just in shock because I thought for a second Gord Downey was sitting across from me. Oh, I thought you I thought mean, Tim, Tim was having a fucking seizure. <laughs> no, it's it's what I've been doing around the house when I need a refill. It's like, <laughs> no, this. You know what? I'll t- I'll tell you something. This this is a really weird analogy, but like, I'm not a I, I'm not one of those guys who's. I mean, I think what the the last time before this time I had been to a strip club when I was like 18 years old. You know, when you're 18, this is the first thing you can do. You go to a strip club. Yeah. Uh, and I had gone to one one time after I was in a very committed and loving relationship. And it was like, I got there and I was like, there's this beautiful woman. And she's talking to me and she smells nice and everything. And she's like, it's not doing, it's not, it's not right. taking. And then like, you know, the night goes on. I have a couple beers and I'm like, still not working. I don't understand what it is. And, uh, you know, turns out, at least in terms of the strip club, it was because I loved the person I was with and I didn't want to be there. I was not happy about where I was at. But that's how I felt listening to this song, is that no matter how much I tried, it did nothing for me whatsoever. Right. Wow. It wasn't, I, wasn't I, because it was your Aunt Shirley? I mean, for art, for <laughs> art, that is the, that is the, the the most harsh criticism you can give, right? I hate to you, say you, that. I, I hate to say that. This song No, is- no, I'm I'm fine. This is this is what this is, right? This is great. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. I I like that you're being honest rather than pandering, you know. I'm not gonna pander and I, I it, I'm gonna be honest the, about this right it now. It means the stuff that you have loved is that much more real to me, you know? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you go back, dude, I mean, talk to me about fucking trouble at the hen house, and I'm Christ. Mm. Mm. Well, and just wait for next next week. 
Oof. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't want to get too. The too last recluse. Fun chorus, lots of oohs, ahs. I, you know, I, I like a a good ooh, ooh, ah section in a song when it works. I, I don't, I don't mind it. It's, it can make it fun. But this song is so loaded. It's like tons of instruments. I don't know if there's an accordion in this song. I don't know. There's, there's keys. It's, there's tons of layers. It's got this ominous start. Um, it's a how about really, the bridge? Yeah, <laughs> the bridge is this, so ominous. This chanting, yeah, yeah, I which I thought was kind of cool, but uh, oh, I did too. <laughs> you know, the keys fade out at the end, and, and Gord's just, Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And it's, uh, 
I don't know what this song is is about or who or I I don't know. It just it just was like whew, this this song's loaded. Did you watch just, those videos I sent you guys? There's a trilogy from this record, and Gord produced the the videos, and I sent them. A, I sent them as a link. I don't think I think I said I was going to watch it because I wasn't in a place with Wi-Fi, and then I never watched it because I, oh, I think that's I think that's my excuse also. Oh, I, I, I didn't. Re, I don't remember getting it from you. You have to resend it. Oh, I'll resend it. It's not not yeah. a deal. Yeah. I would watch it. I yeah. I, I, I want to read my notes verbatim here. Okay. Um, because yeah, I. I Really cool opening. I got YouTube vibes. A little Alice in Chains with the acoustic uh, guitar. Uh, the melody is good, but it's very Coldplay. I got a lot of Coldplay vibes from this song. Not that I'm a Coldplay fan, but unless you've been living under a fucking rock, you know what Coldplay sounds like. And um, not to say that Coldplay's bad. There's a market for them. Uh, I like the keyboards, but... Again, with like the the chanting and everything, like I wrote down, I do not recognize this band, mm. and mm. it's no it's no surprise to me that Bob Rock did not produce the next record because I feel like the whole time this guy Bob Rock, whoever he is, I don't know how he sounds, I don't know where he's from, but he's like, listen, guys, nah, this is the way it's gotta be. I've been in the business for years. I did this Metallica group. You heard of them? You heard of them? They're from, they're from California. I know how to do it. This is what you got to do to make this record sound good. Okay? I'm a big time <laughs> record producer here. Like, I mean, the whole, and the band's just like, Gord, what do you think? He's like, do you know how much this haircut costs? Yeah, I put my, my, my pants on the same way as everybody else. The only difference is I make gold records. Like, I'm like, just like, fuck, dude. I'm the band must have just been sitting there like, okay, all right, we'll do this. Hey, Gord, uh, uh, I, we're taking a break, a coffee break right now. Hey, Gord, I just ran into um, fucking Bob Rock coming out of the bathroom and he says we should put some Gregorian chants on the next song. And he says, like, you said, he said, what? Oh, okay. I guess we'll try it. Like it just, I don't know. Yeah. I let's, I, can we go to coffee girl? Cause it's sure. not. Just... <laughs> can we? Again, can I, we? Pro I promise. I promise this is going to get better, but yeah, this it song. is. It is. Not with this song. Um, it's a roller coaster, right? This song I'm reading, I'm reading verbatim here. Feels like a song used for a scene transition in a romantic comedy when the guy and the girl break up before the final act where they get back together. Coffee girl. It, it's like I'm just picturing like, ah, fuck, he broke up. It's a montage of like her at work alone, pissed off because the guy fucking broke her heart, whatever the and 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 like the trumpet. It's like it was cool, but it was just like, what? The fucking trumpet? Like, what is what is going on right now? Uh, um, and and I, I mean, maybe it's supposed to make you feel like you're in a, like, give you that that soy matter and expert soy married and expert vibes. You remember that? Movie? Yes. Yeah. Like with a trumpet, yeah. like a lowly coffee shop in San Francisco. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I'm just like, okay, this band is taking direction. This is not. Not to say it's not the same guys, but they're just like, they, they're they led astray 
on some songs with this record, I feel. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. I won, yeah. Yeah. I'd one this this song, I got this like I agree with you pretty much, but I I got creepy vibes from it. Oh get really? to the back door, look around, then turn the key, turn on all the lights, take down the chairs and make things neat. One night just, he'll just, make you choose. I mean, what? This is well. The beginning part is her opening the coffee shop. It's this. This song's creepy though. It's I don't know. There's there's. So I had that little sentiment about it, and then I was like, remember when uh, you could walk in Starbucks and you'd hear like a catchy song, and then they had CDs for sale next to the cash register. I remember those days. And you can like take from, you know, the holiday Starbucks playlist, but it was on CD for sale right there. Right. Like yeah. I, I wondered like, yeah. did the, you used to have Starbu- a song you could download was, too. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, was this a Starbucks song? Like, wh- I wonder why? if it was. What? I don't think it was a Tim's, single. Tim's all creeped out and JD's like, <laughs> no, JD's like, no, I've no, worked at a coffee, coffee shop. shop. I've worked at Starbucks before. Like you turn yeah. the lights, you turn the fucking key, you like. You put the chairs out like, Tim, what the fuck is the problem? Yeah, that's a, yeah the <laughs> problem is one night he'll make you choose. What is that? Like, there's... You gotta watch the videos. Watch the videos, all right? That'll, all right. Fucking... Okay, all right. Homework. Uh, homework. 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 All right. No, I agree with you. The song is very milk, milk toast. Milk it's, toast. Good work. You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's fine. It's fine. But it's um it's enhanced significantly by this video. Uh, you enjoy it a little bit more. But um, in, well, in that essence, do you feel the song was kind of made for video, hand in hand, kind of? Well, I don't know why it wouldn't have been a single then. You know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like back in the day, they were releasing six, seven singles a record to give those record legs. Well, now, it's got it's got it's got a like it's got I think. Second biggest plays or third biggest plays for this entire record on Spotify. Definitely single oh, wow. category as far as listening wow. is concerned. And I said it at the top of the fucking top of the conversation about this tune is that it feels like it's made for a movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I thoughts. thought it was saying. Only yeah, played 77 times live. So it's not not really a big live song. No, it'd be super rare. Yeah, yeah. You guys are such data whores. Such such data whores. You started it with your Spotify. I really wasn't with this album until yesterday. Like I usually <laughs> do some research along the way, and this album, I I really just tried to listen to it, and I tried you to listen as, to. It. You weren't inspired. Yeah, and then like yesterday it. got into some some of the data stuff. So, all right. Let's go to track number five. Let's go. So the acoustic guitar feels kind of played hard. Like, I don't know if you caught this, Pete, but it it felt like, I don't know. I, I don't think it feels forced, but like the strumming of the acoustic guitar in the beginning feels like a little bit annoyed or something. I don't know. There's there's some sentiment in there. Um, um Drums felt kind of simple, and then everything kind of thickens up. And there's big solos in here. It's you know, it's over six minute song, so it's it's building us up in song length. I mean, this is a long song for the hip. Um, 
Uh, what else did I have in my notes here? Oh, there's, you know, sorry, I have to read this real quick. You know, the, the importance of this one is just how it is all about the reference of the residential school system. We, we actually watched a kind of docudrama film about the residential school system up there and um, all the government's policies towards First Nations people and that's some heavy, heavy eh? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just um, the song. Let's see. I read the the song is a response to this. Basically, a uh, cool you've apologized. Oh no, no, this was a Gord quote, I believe. Cool you've apologized, but nothing has really changed. The damage has been done. People are still suffering as a direct result of the government's policies. You know, that's it's. Um, it's not an apology song, but it's sort of. Oof. This this one's just big. It's just a big song. Another one. Yeah, I I so before I speak about the song, I, I'm going to go back to one thing I said in the previous pod. I really wish to God Gordon was alive today, because I feel like the governments of the world specifically the United States government and the Canadian government are just fucking its people in so many ways. Not making this a political thing, but like, absolutely. I just, I feel like that guy is a guy who would speak out. And, uh, and you know, it's funny because I remember watching like a video of Trudeau when he died and saying what a great guy he was and him actually tearing up, but thinking like, God, man, I wonder if Gord hadn't died. And what he'd be saying about some of the shit going on. Yeah, no doubt. The war. um, Oh, yeah. You know, anything that happened during COVID, all that shit. I just really, you know, that guy is an important voice for the people in in Canada. And I think, I, I don't know, I say North America, although there's not a lot of Americans that know the hip, but I sure shit do now. So, but getting back to the song. I liked this one. I, I Tim, I, I certainly felt the same vibe. The acoustic guitar in the beginning sounds extremely dated. So that's where I think you got the, okay. the vibe. Okay. It, there's a lot of chorus and a lot of reverb. It's just like, oof, way too, like, is this, is this 1991, 92? Is, nope. is it sounded like the same guitar tone on the song, more than words by extreme. It just, it, but strumming. Instead of that, yeah, bump, yeah. bump, like it just was too much. Um, that being said, again, the strings come in. There's a lot more of that on this fucking record. But Rob Baker kind of saves the day. Solo starts coming in. The hit is great. The chorus is awesome. I love it. There's some really cool arpeggios that are done in the second verse that just mix up the, the, the sound of the song. Um, and then... Rob Baker's solo, it, I mean, I don't know, dude. I'm willing to think he's probably the biggest fucking Pink Floyd fan in, in all of I thought the that same thing. It's just fucking David Gil. I mean, I'm like, dude, is Gilmore playing on this fucking record or is it Rob Baker? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not even like, it's, it's, if you heard it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's David Gilmore playing guitar. Like, no, it's actually Rob Baker, um, which is cool. I like it. 
Um, and then Paul Langlois is doing like a Beatles thing, like with the guitar, like mm. bouncing back and forth. Mm. Um, but in the end, I felt like this song had literally, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to miss a thing. Aerosmith Armageddon vibes. Like it was produced to that level. Like it was, it was good. Cinematic. But it was just, yeah. Like, whoa. Like, I, I see this on the IMAX. I got to listen to this song on IMAX. Yeah. To really appreciate it. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. I, I, I had the, the Pink Floyd reference, not so much of the guitar playing, but more as the, Oh wow. And an all encompassing feel of this album and the journeys throughout it because it, it felt like it was trying to be like this massive Floyd production. That's that's one thought I had relating to the Floyd. Uh, but the song it made me wonder, you know, I this is where I dove into the story a little bit more. You know, I wanted to know who Honey Watson was. Did you find out who Honey Watson is? Anybody? The reference here. So Gord Apparently, I was watching a CBA, CBC news story about the residential schools and started to write the song about it. And then the news story shifted to some story in uh, Haiti, and the news correspondent's name was Connie Watson, and he heard it as Honey Watson. Oh, and he wow. thought that was funny, so he incorporated you know, her name, Connie Watson, as Honey Watson into the song. Just thought it was cool and wrote it down. So he's like going through this really heavy topic, like one of Canada's maybe, you know, top three heaviest topics, residential oh, school system. Yeah. And he's throwing in these funny little, huh, I thought they said, honey, Watson, her name's Connie Watson. I'm going to put this in this fucked up story. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. God damn. The, the, what this guy can do. And Pete, I completely agree with you. We, we, if I could choose, of course, any of us to have Gord still around, yes. But we also need the band. Like, mm-hmm. this is yeah, something. Yeah, I, I agree. Was, this is something like I, I kind of want to save to the end, but of the whole, all of our experience. But like, we don't have art in the form of music that is screaming about issues going on right now and making people angry. We don't have like I can't name a band right now that has death threats against it from groups of idiots. You know, I, I just don't know. Like there's, uh, there's a hang, lot hang, of hang, t- hang tight, Tim. Our record comes out. Uh, end of yeah, there we go. I was just going to say, there's a oh, lot of, there's a lot, yeah. there are many lesser known, <laughs> but on the rise, um, you know, kind of post punk, post punk stuff coming out or going on you know like there's a lot i agree with you though man there's just like there's there's yeah there's no mainstream people out there who are really screaming about issues going on around the world and ruffling feathers like so much where's the song war pigs dude yeah i second time i mentioned sabbath during this fucking podcast but like where's the song war pigs right Mm. now Mm. right now it's on my hard drive back on hey Mm. No, but like, I mean, I mean, here we are, we're, you know, sending billions of dollars to fund war all around the world. And where the fucking, dude, you know what? Um, There's a great fucking TikTok or whatever the fuck it is. And it's some guy, like I've seen it. Don't like, pretend like you don't TikTok all the time. No, I don't. I don't have it. But I wish I did Um, for that purpose. But there's a guy's 
that he has, sitting he, in his he car. He actually has his own account. Yeah, but. yeah look it up at Pete. Um, it's all about his hair. No, dude, there's a fucking guy sitting in his car. And he's just like, you know, all you guys in your punk bands and you were young, you were fighting against the system. But somewhere you got old and you got fucking soft. And you joined a party, and, and dude, he just fucking nails it. This guy fucking nails it. Wow. He fucking nails it, and it's like, when I see shit like people like Henry fucking Rollins, like, supporting the Democratic Party, which is like, fuck the Republicans, fuck the Democrats, fuck them all. Your job is to be against the system, you fuck. Excuse my language, but it's just like, that's yeah. that's how I feel like, like, a guy like Gord had, I don't know, the interviews I've seen with him had so much integrity. He wouldn't waffle. He'd tell, he'd call a fucking spade a spade when he saw it. And if he saw, smelled bullshit, he'd call it out no matter who it was. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's that's right. how I feel, man. And yeah, you're right, yeah. Tim. We need the band. We need the band. We do. We need the band. Because not everybody watches the news and not everybody watches interviews. You hear music, though, man. You hear fucking, you hear fucking war pigs and you listen to those lyrics and you think, yeah, Smedley Butler was was right. If you don't know who Smedley Butler is, listeners, Google him. He's no either. No, he's dead, but he wrote a good book. Uh, war, war is a racket. Anyhow, too soon. Yeah, he's, he's been dead a while. The depression suit.
I had no idea what I was getting in store for when the song started, right? I mean, I I was in the car and the display in my s- mediocre sound system M S S clearly not uh, my sound system. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> premium audio my, shit. My listen My to stock sound system anyways on the on my screen it doesn't show the the amount of time the song is it just shows the amount of time it's been playing. And I just kept looking over, like I'm driving across town and I keep looking over. Like, God damn, this, how long is this song going to go? The last song was like six minutes plus, right? Is this one a rock opera? Like, what is going on? It has like this lovely start, but you you know, you really don't know where it's going. Um, The lyrics, I just, I was a little bit confused. The first listen, I thought, we were really going to end around three and a half minutes because that's when I was looking over, but we, we just kept evolving. It shifts gears. It speeds up. It gets more intense. Gord gets more loud. The strings get more loud. It just like, it's really climbing up this mountain. And you know, what part of the lyrics is, is what if the song does nothing? What is it doing? You know, what if the song does nothing in one of the reviews of the song, which I later read, some of the hip fans who aren't as much into this album, they, you know, their their response of "What if the song does nothing?" was like, "Yeah, what if it's not doing anything?" You know, it's just confusion. Maybe I don't know. Um, some fans were like, "No, I don't want to see how it ends," because Gord's lyrics kind of ask for that. There's this. Um, Kind of painful guitar, yeah. This is kind of painful guitar solo at like eight minute mark. I mean, the strings that loop and have this abrupt stop. It's just this song is, woo, it just goes. I've only listened to it three times. Um, I I will listen to it again, but the song to me was just. I just wonder what everybody was trying to do because it just was magnanimous. Giant. All right. Well, I will say I fucking love this. <laughs> I thought I thought it was fucking magnificent. Um, I I I think it. You know, I finally with all the strings that are on this record was like, okay, I can dig him on this song. Um, you know, I mean, it's a very this is a very emotional record. It sounds like just lyrically. I don't feel like any of the first five songs really moved me that way, but um, uh, there's a lot of musical references that he makes in here to like things like Perfect Fifths. Um, the chorus is fucking amazing. Um, when he starts warming up his voice, when, when he really starts digging, digging his fucking heels in and he says, starts repeating, if this song does nothing... Um, with the strings backing them up, I think are super, you know, powerful. They, 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 they move me in the song, especially I listen to this song a lot in the car. I mean, we've talked about it once or twice, but you know, it's a different experience when you listen to a song, when you listen to hip in my car or any music, but you know, I have a, the, the sound systems, you know, it came with premium, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good audio system in my car. Brought to you uh, by Pete's premium sound system. <laughs> um, there's, 
when the strings there's a cool syncopated rhythm that happens in the song and then when it when it breaks there's a there's a part because this is two different songs it's like nine minutes and 27 seconds long and when this song breaks and it changes course there's a part in it that is alice cooper's only women bleed has anybody heard that song before yeah sure have okay probably it's that it's fucking that Fucking, it's the hook in that song hmm. they fucking use. And Gord's vocals are exactly that. Hmm. Wow. Um, okay. He smokes and drinks and don't come home at all. That's the lyric in the Alice Cooper tune. Um, but uh, it's fucking, I dig it. And then, you know, I I liked Rob Baker's solo. Um, it was very emotional. This is a really emotional tune. And I don't feel like I'm like, oh, it's fucking amazing. I just think it's, it clearly took a ton of work and uh, a ton of work. Yeah. But I do feel like the band starts to come together on this track. You start hearing, okay, this, this seems more tragically hip than before. Hmm. So anyway, that's what I got for this tune. They yeah. played this, they played the song live 86 times. Like I, I wanted to look that up to see like, did they play it 10 times, six times? They played it 86 times. That's like not a ton compared to all the shows they played in their entirety. But that's that's a handful of times at this. Well, considering it's a later album, I mean, obviously yeah. they played the earlier ones more. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So to that's experience it and to know it and experience it live was probably fucking epic. Yeah, but you who know? knows if it was with the strings, too yeah yeah i don't think they toured with this i don't think they toured with strings for sure okay okay if you're playing like royal albert hall or something yeah yeah you're gonna have fucking strings but like yeah that didn't happen to jd i don't remember i don't remember that being like this would have been around the time in their career that that would have been something that you might expect them to do, you know, yeah. like we're going to do a tour with, with a, a full orchestra to get different venues on board and, you know, things like that. Bands do that kind of shit. The Cineplex it, it would've, theater would have been, would have been perfect video, for this record. Yeah. That Cineplex theater air didn't include all the strings people or whomever. Do you know, was that just the band? I can't imagine it would have. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I'll try to find that. Yeah, if you know, send me an email, jd at gettinghiptothehip.com. That would be really cool. But let's go to the exact feeling. I didn't have a whole lot on this one. I I felt like it had the DNA more, a little more so of a hip song. Like a standout was the whap pedal going on and kind of this faint background guitar playing fade out at the end. Like I... Honestly, didn't have a whole lot, not many exact feelings of this one. Oof. Not that I didn't like it. It just felt like a filler spot to me. I just kept rolling. Fair. I, yeah. Okay. There, this song is the one that starts with the uh, castanets. So very Spanish. Yeah. Like they wrote it for me. Um, I like the rolling melody, like the chord progression, the way they do it. It's really cool. It just... It drops and then it comes back. It drops and it's very circular. I the chorus is fucking amazing on this song, and the Agreed. way it builds to the chorus is like 
It definitely has more of a hip vibe. I like I said the yeah, last time. Yeah. I feel like they really start to like become the hip again. It's like, whoa, who did that other fucking band? The first four songs or whatever, you know, you know. And now there's like, okay, we we're warmed up now, fellas. Sit back and relax and enjoy. So I dug it, but then, you know, it just kind of doesn't know where to go. Fades out. Tim doesn't like fade outs. Like, Majority of the time, I don't. Yeah. Sometimes they're okay. Yeah, in this case, I just feel like the song was really cool. They had some cool ideas, and then there was nowhere to really go. You painted themselves into a corner, and we're just like, okay, we're just going to stop painting the room. You know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But I got I got stuff to say about the next song. Yeah, go. Let's go. Queen of the Furrows, I love the beginning. I thought it was fucking awesome. This song is fucking Led Zeppelin 3. It is Led Zeppelin 3. I think Rob Baker's playing the mandolin. I don't know if Gord is. I don't know who's playing the mandolin. Would love to get some, get a line on that. If you know anything, Pete at gettinghampthehip.com. You like what I, you see what I did there? That was, that was very professional. Did it sound natural? My boys all growed up. (laughs) (laughs) I, I dug this song. Um, the way it, the fucking chorus, the way a chorus comes in is like, it's just so different from the song, which is not very Led Zeppelin three because it's so heavy. It's fucking rad. And then the solo by Rob Baker, I'm going to read notes verbatim here. Rob Baker melts dicks off. Of <laughs> 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 like, he doesn't even melt your face. The uh, melts your dick. Like, I mean, the solo is fucking screams it's so good you could just tell he's in the zone and he like he he could hear that he wanted to play that solo and he just wanted to fucking destroy it and he just did he, he delivered i don't know if he did that in one take or if they mixed different solos together to make that but it just sounds so good dude god damn it's so good i love it good song good tune good tune I'll, I'll pretty much agree with that. There were, you know, it's um, one, one, I, I'm not going to add much to it, what Pete just just put in, but what I did want to know what, you know, what this queen of the furrows is. And um, it's actually a crown awarded annually to, quote, an agriculturally minded young woman of Ontario. And oh um, I'll just show you guys real quick. This is. Huron County Queen of the Furrow 2020 as part of Ontario's Plowman's Association. Can you guys see? Wow. That? Yeah. What do you think? It's, it's nice. So, so to give, you know, it's so to give everybody, uh, you know, some insight into that photo. I would say she's dressed like a like you would think she'd be wearing overalls or something like that, but she's dressed like a beauty queen. Um, yeah. She's got yeah. she's With, got a lovely dress on. She's got a sash. Look at the and and a Stoke. tiara that looks you know like that looks all beautiful and like prom queeny yeah um yeah not at all what I would have expected the queen of the furrows to look like. yeah yeah not, which not for not real not I was, at all what I expected the the plowman's association to be doing easy Tim easy uh, but I didn't know yeah. furrows are the furrows is the the word for the lines you know that's right in the, the it, in the farm from the from the Machines planting seeds or doing whatever you do. That's the, the, I mean, now I know when I'm sitting in the window seat 
on uh, Alaska Airlines covering the West Coast as I do. The yeah, the, I thought the guitar solo it harkened me back to some GNR. That's all I'll say about certainly. That. Yeah, the, there's this. I guess just lastly, the ending had this noisy but kind of quiet background guitar feedback something like there was something something playful happening with some guitar noise in the congos like th- this was one of those interesting enders but but it, kind of a cool song speed river so speed river i was like ah okay i'm kind of digging this one this felt a little more like what i was hearkening back to liking of the hip um, this was a single Yep, yep. This this has again a big guitar solo which quiets down like into keys and some rim shots from drumsticks happening, you know. It's it's it this house sounds like a bomb hit it is fucking cool lyric. I didn't know if that was like referencing the feeling of recording and just being in the zone, this is what I was imagining, just being in the zone of the music, just feeling so good with your bandmates. You know, this house feels like a fucking bomb hit it because we are destroying with this music. But this this song's kind of cool. It's um, a little more, I don't know, a little more fun in an easily singable way. You know, it has, this, it has a somewhat fitting, abrupt ender to it. It... It uh, hmm. it it might have been at, at first glance. It was like this might be my song on the album. I'm not sure. Don't give it away, buddy. I'm I, I didn't. I left it hanging a little. All right. He said yeah. might. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I stand corrected. Speed River. Take I'd love to. I'd love to agree with Tim because I love agreeing with Tim. But guitar licks were cool. <laughs> Uh, overall, though, not impressed. Um, I feel like this song was written to play live. Mm. Um, okay. I mean, literally, they wrote it and were like, yeah, we don't care how this fucking sounds on the record. It's just going to be a fucking banger to play live. Yeah. Which I'm sure it was great live. How many times did they play it there, Tim? Let's let's look. I'm, it was probably well, like... I thought, a, you had it pull, I thought you had it pulled up hard. I, I do. It's just on... I got it right here. It probably was awesome, you know, to play like the fifth song of a show just to keep the crowd going. Um, it was played 11. This was played 11 times. So this song was probably a treat for people wow. who knew it. You know, it was probably a fucking treat. Yeah, I, guess I so. I heard the, the rim shots and the keyboards. It just so, felt so country pop. Like, I felt like... Mm. Um. I felt like I should be at like the lake with my like pseudo country Republican voting friends, like 12 Bud Lights deep being like, yeah, this is fucking rad, right? Yeah, this is fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. So like that was beers and, Bobby like, I just, and uh... yeah, you know them all. I don't know. It's just the vibe I got. I don't know why, hmm. but I felt I felt like if it, if I heard the song live, it'd be like fuck yeah, but on the record, it was just it was like a bad Viagra pill. Not that I've ever uh. taken Viagra, but I don't know why that's why I, that's what I thought of. But wow. it's like somebody selling you like a 
like a placebo and be like, yeah, this will this will do it. And you take it and you're like, it didn't do I anything. It, I think it was 2009 that we went to Mazatlan. That's kind of throwing me back to bad Viagra pills. Okay. I just thought because, you know, songs, you want to say, this song did get my <laughs> engine going. That's why I did that. Anyway. Uh, you look at the blueprints of this song, though. It should work. Like, it should it should all be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a, it's got an interesting chorus, it's, but you're right. The sum of the, of the pieces don't add up like uh, to make it. Now there are people that will love this song and tell us why you love it. Yeah, It'd be great but to hear. You could love it, but like compare it to the shit that they've done. And you're just, yeah. I mean, and I'm not in, we're not in the compare and contrast game. We're not comparing apples and oranges, right. Ferraris and Porsches, but I mean, Dude, like, you're gonna put this up against fucking fireworks? Go f- fucking frig off, as Ricky Lafleur would say. Frig, <laughs> frig right off. I mean, Christ. I mean, not even close. Right. Just I. I it, it, but you're right, JD. The sum of it, you know, it has all the components. It's like. Hey, babe, I, I was going to make this amazing soup for you. I put all the ingredients in, but for some reason, it still tastes like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't go. So, yeah, I won't, I won't go that far, but yeah. Well, you know, you know where I'm going. I, yeah. I, well, with, the, with this album and where we're at now and with, with all these journeys of these songs, I mean, we've gone from like three-minute songs to nine-minute songs. These, these past two, Frozen or uh, Queen of the Frozen, Speed River, they feel like kind of placed in there to fill it out a little bit, but they also feel to me a little bit like past albums filler songs. So yeah, to me they were like good and they're they represent, but in this particular album, it's almost like guys we we had ten days booked to record. We're at day four and you're feeling done. Do what do you what do you have? They, that we could pull they recorded in here? this for two months. What do you have that we could pull in here? Jesus Christ. What about, I just hope what about that song Speed River? Fucking retired after this. Yeah. What was that? I just said I hope Bob Rock retired after this. Oh wow. Or or no, no offense to Bob Rock, because he produced some great shit, but just like or found a band that he was more compatible with because it just Yeah, maybe. I feel you. I feel yeah. you. I don't feel yeah. and that's you know, you guys dug the last record and that was him. And uh and and you turned me back on to it by your by your digging of it. You know it's it's just in, it's just interesting. It's it sure is. I mean, the last record, I I it kind of won me over quickly, and I, I believe I said this. You know, I, I went online to see how I could get it on vinyl, and uh, and then the more I listened to it, the less I looked into getting it on vinyl i'm watching literally watching a crow in my backyard right now destroy a pretty old crow i have a crow right now destroying hey go i love birds i'm a birder and this crow is destroying my uh cover over my it's too complicated Fuck. I didn't know that crows crows in Portland speak English. Did you know that, Jeannie? I did not know that either. That is a fact. I know they recognize I would have, faces. I would have assumed they, they spoke Croatian. 
Oh, oh shit. Shit. Fuck, man. JD takes a sip of his fucking whiskey and says, I'm out, bitches. Finish the podcast on your own, <laughs> motherfuckers. I printed out the article. I didn't really. But I printed out the article about um, dads who throw out dad jokes are better dads than dads who do not throw out dad jokes. It's- that may be true, but I'll tell you what. Um, uh, camera. W- wait, what was it? Pigeon camera? Pigeon camera. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool if we they did a crow camera. At least Ooh. you have alliteration. I guess crows weren't as smart, but crows are supposed to be really smart. They're fucking smart, and they yeah. they have face recognition skills. They they remember people. Frozen in my tracks.
you know, I think it's kind of a pleasure. It's a little bit of a gift, or maybe it's a huge gift. When Gord does his, what do we call it? When he speaks over. Spoken word. Yeah, when he does a spoken word, fucking poetry, trippy stuff. Like this song has it and we got it. And I'm I'm happy at this point on any on any hip song to get that. Um, it's it's got kind of that's a, cool. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's got somewhat of a spooky start. The snare on this one's a bit tuned up, and the bass is like, lack of a better term, th- word thuddier or deeper. It's like the drums felt a little bit different to me. This this uh, you know, Gord at the one minute mark, he's already screaming in this song i i thought that uh i don't know with the bridge at like two minutes this kind of locomotive feeling i thought this song remind it it made me wonder if bob rock please please call him bobby because if he listens to this i just want him to be really upset what if rock the rock be rock maybe brock Brock. Maybe he was a little jealous of Danny Elfman because this one has this production value of of like Danny Elfman. This like trying to go big and theatrical and kind of trippy and fun, but not. And, you know, that's it doesn't really have an ending. It does, but it doesn't like have an ending. This This one. I'll say that I enjoyed but it also like left me just kind of reeling about the album and the hip and the production and you know is this one is this one like another world war one or world war two song like are the germans or the russians the ones suffering through it like i don't know i don't know this this one was at this point in the album my my brain's kind of a cluster right I feel like from now on, when we mention Bob Rock, JD, and maybe you can do this in post production, but you should just, we should just, just, you know, have this. Like a rock. <laughs> just, just, just dub that in, man. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was all about the Chevy Suburban earlier. <sighs> Chevy Tahoe. Tahoe, yeah. I, I mean, I feel you. I thought this was a really unique song because it was really weird. It was really out there. It's not Tiger the Lion out there, but it's, I, I love the way, I, I actually like the bass is really gnarly the way it starts because it's different. Yeah, it's it's super unique, but the drum rhythm, like the song I think is in like 6-8. Hmm. It's in a weird time signature. It's not hmm. in standard rock and roll pop 4-4. Four, four. And my notes just read, what the fuck is going on in this song? Yeah. The song, yeah. The song is like... <laughs> The song is like eating haggis for the first time. But was it good? Like, 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 it, I ate it. I enjoyed it. But I'm like, I just ate like, you know, cow, whatever haggis is. Isn't it like cow intestines or something? Sheeps. Sheeps and yeah, it's just like did, did it's I like sheep? It's like the sheep's heart and liver, and it's ugh. yeah, it's a bunch of shit ground up. Yeah, but that's that's how this song felt. Uh, who's doing the back? I mean, so many questions. The backup, yeah, the backup vocals is like, what? The, who's singing that? I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound like the the band, but I mean, it maybe it's just like 
multiple overdubs, but I also like I wish the band would have pulled a Steely Dan and told mm. you know like a rock to go to hit the bricks, but I you know, and when I say that, I mean you know put this song on a completely different album like it it's a cool tune it's unique but like it's just like it's just like throwing i don't know man it's like going to a japanese restaurant uh, getting a five course sushi meal and then like course four they serve you a fucking cheeseburger you're like what Hmm. i thought this was sushi i thought i was getting sashimi for the fourth course then we're going to get, like, you know, for the dessert, like, some uh, wasabi ice cream or something. But no. It's just, it's weird. It, I, I don't know. I, I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just yeah, yeah. really I'm, I'm out with of you. place. I'm with you. No idea what's going on. Um, it's like the it band moves, doing somebody else's material or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And as I keep looking up the, these songs and how many times they were played live, they, many of these songs were not played often live. I'm just gonna say, you know, and yeah. if I if I produce this album, and started looking up like my history of how I did with the hip and how they enjoyed my songs live, and I found like the average of this album just making this up, but the average of this album they played live was like, I mean, granted, two thousand nine, but it was like twenty six point two. I'd be, ooh, how many shows did they play from two thousand nine on? I don't know, I don't know. It just they played a lot. Yeah, I'm That's sure quite, quite a few. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, first single from the record, which is baffling to me, because if I'm trying to define what this record is, like it or not, if I'm trying to define what what you're about to get, you know, with the first single, which is often what you try to do, you try to accomplish to get across that, hey, this is what you're going to get with this record, you know, from a sound Hmm. perspective, sonically, song construction, you know, this is just, this is... This is it. And it's Love is the First, which nothing else sounds like this on this record. Like, really. Again, whether I like it or not, it's here nor there. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts were on your first listens, Tim. I, you know, this one I couldn't pinpoint it, but it was really reminding me of another band or another song. Like this, the the chorus, there's something about this song. There's some other band or song that is all over this one. And I could not figure out what it was. And to have that feeling in general while listening to it a bunch of times, trying to figure out what it sounds like, isn't the best feeling to review a song with. Um, you know, I felt like they are trying to do something maybe a little bit different with the structure of the song, with the chorus of the song, especially. And it was kind of cool and it maybe works as its own single, but also it, um, it made me think like, are they trying to embrace like whatever this song reference or band references? I can't figure out. Are they trying to embrace like some, some music archived, radio hit from the 90s you know i just i just i couldn't pinpoint this one i couldn't make heads or tails it was these strumming chords kind of leaning in and out this i like you know it's kind of fun his whole love is a curse love is a first like i'm not 
sure what or why like that reference is just so profound in there i would this this there's a few it'd be so fun to sit around and talk to the guys in the band about this album and their experience and i'm pretty sure they're coming to the to the finale (laughs) yeah Yeah. i was i was just to hear what we to hear what us fucking assholes have to say about our albums total dicks give a fuck level fucking get those cunts out of here i'm Whoa. calling i i, I wouldn't be Dude. surprised if if when i'm passing through border control on the way come to the rec room that i get pulled aside and full search happens it's just no dude they're, totally they're, getting there's, flagged there's a there's a line of well if you keep wearing who, that shirt that says that oh <laughs> search me deep <laughs> there you go jd well done no, but there's a there's a line of four people who really want to like, you know, meet Tim and I. We're like, wow, it's, it's like fans of the show. Cool. That's just so happens. It's there were four. Fucking Gord Sinclair. It's fucking Rob Baker. <laughs> you know, Paul Langlois, Johnny Faye, and they just fucking just fucking Destroy. one after another punch us in the face and yeah. kick us in the balls. <laughs> and then afterwards, oh, I'm out. Bob Rock walks up and he's got what's what's the the gun Clint Eastwood use in his like seventies maybe the Magnum yeah three fifty one mag Bob Rock's got his Magnum and he just obliterates our heads our heads are unrecognizable he just is Bob Rock British finishes us no he's Canadian oh Canadian oh yeah I picked him as his British guy but yeah yeah you guys don't have guns so I guess I guess you're asked out on the three fifty seven there Timmy well maybe we can move the venue to Detroit. There you go. Definitely got guns there. <laughs> I I mean I kind of felt the same. This song was it was built for a live show. It was a single. It was 3D printed and manufactured to be a pop single. Like it was beautifully manufactured. The chorus is great. It's pop as shit. Um Gord's got a great speaking little lick that's top-notch i love mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. it's certainly radio hit but you know rob baker's got some i don't know if he's even using i don't think zivix was around when when this record came out but like it sounds like that squealy shit that if you if you if you if you get some of the more modern day boutique fuzz pedals nowadays you can you can squeal them to where it sounds like his guitar on this one hmm. but it sounds like Half Michael Jackson, black or white, half what the fuck is going on? Like, it's a modulation something, and it's it's cool, but I'm just like, yeah, all right. Did you scream the chorus at the top Ooh. of your lungs while driving around in your car? I mean, that's... I did not. You, you can with this one. I thought, JD, I thought, is this listed in a, a book of karaoke at karaoke bars in Canada? Like... I could Ooh. hear people singing this one, and but I also could hear the audience just kind of cringing if somebody slaughtered it. Yeah, I wonder. You know, it's it's I, I don't know. It's uh, can we go to Country Day? Because Country Day, sure. man. Okay, so. remind me that I have a question to ask you at the end of Country Day, both of you. Okay, okay, oh. okay. C- Country oh, Day. Oh, 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 real quick. Sorry, sorry, Tim. I yeah. will give you my answer, JD. When we're in Toronto the night before, I'm singing Tiger the fucking Lion. So, <laughs> so when we're when we're karaokeing, I've called it. I'm singing Tiger the Lion. So fuck we can, you, Tim. I called it. If we can find that on karaoke, gee, oh my boys. god, 
Wow. Sorry. I'm really hoping that after the end of that trip, I, I can remember more than 50% of it because it's already <laughs> feeling like trouble. It's going to be rough, dude. Let's go to country day. And did anyone think, I really hope I experience Willie Nelson playing this song someday? Because I heard Willie Nelson. Like, this is, I just want he, to hear Willie Nelson play this song. It just felt like a Willie song. You know, it's, it's, um, what do we got here? The, that rocket missed your head. Somehow it's not enough. God keep our land because we cannot. Like this, you know, it's my favorite line from this one. I wrote, I love you on a rock and threw it. And I think the reference is like throwing it into the lake. So, oh, good. that's great. So good. And that's maybe how I feel about this album. You know, I'm, Writing I Love You on a stone and chucking it. Um, there's kind of a hard fade out. Maybe it's suitable to end the song. I wondered also, JD, is this song perhaps a glimpse into any of Gord's solo stuff, which I've barely listened to. I've maybe listened to three solo songs. Like, Does this take us anywhere I'm not really sure about? as far as his music goes or i don't think so no okay. this is again okay. this is produced to the absolute teats with that arrangement that string arrangement um taking a campfire song you know something that could be a campfire song and changing it into a you know magnum opus i just thought this was this one was an odd ender especially after love is a first to throw in this song if this song could be it's a standalone more than an ender of a song you know i Again, I, I think it would be great to hear someone else perform it and uh, change it up a little bit. I, I don't know. It was fucking weird. Weird ender of a song. When it started, the first time I heard it, I was like, seriously? Now this? Oh, this was a painful album for me to get through, guys. You know, like, th this was my first impression. I'm just like, God damn, I have two more weeks to listen to this to figure it out. So... I love, that says a lot to me uh, about where you're at in terms of um, this experiment that you're that optimistic. You know what I mean? Like You're like, when something's not jiving, you're not necessarily blaming it on the band or, or the producer or whatever, but you're, you're, you're taking like onus on it almost. And that's really fascinating to hear. Do you understand to, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I think to a degree for sure. But I'm also being exhausted by Mr. Bob Rock. Like, it's just, yeah, we, we got sure. through our Bob Rock phase, you know? Like, it's time to sell the, the Bentleys, whatever the right. fucking eight-car garage is full of that, that Bob Rock gave us on this one. It's, it's, I don't know that Bob Rock is, 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 is you know owning a eight car garage after this record maybe he is i don't know but i didn't i didn't get that vibe i this song i mean i could i i, I pick up what you're putting down to me in terms of somebody else singing it i just thought like started country and country this it, did, it was so random they threw the strings in i feel like this song was just I guarantee you that there was one person in the band, at least one person in the band, maybe it was only one, but it was at least one person in the band said, I don't think we should put the song on the record. It just, 
it just feels like, I don't know, a bunch of shit thrown together. And this song was like, yeah, let's put this song on there. Like, like this song is not Fiddler's Green. Sorry. No, no. Not even, not even, not even a whisper. It's just like, okay, cool. Acoustic song. Hip. Yeah. Dig it. Dig it. I wouldn't, if I heard, if, if, if like, it was the part of the show where the band like tones it down a minute, maybe a little more than halfway through, the bar stool comes out, Gord breaks out an acoustic guitar, or Rob Baker does and Pauline Wan, they sit down on the stools, and Gord's just sitting there singing. This is not the song. No. Not the song. And I also the onus that you talked about, JD, I don't I don't I take it too. I don't I don't diss the whole band. I also think there's myself and other factors that may that may contribute to my my candor on this particular record, but I don't know, what can I say? At this point, kind of like I was with the first one or two records, not feeling it. But maybe one day I will. Yeah. You might have that yeah. nostalgia, that strange nostalgia. Yeah, but slap on fucking music at work or or fucking right. trouble at the hen house or Amen. Fuck. You know, yeah. Violet yeah. Light, punch me in the fucking balls. I'm fine. Like I don't care. Those are fucking banger albums. Yeah. God damn. And we talked before about kind of REM's evolution or U2's albums, how they really had some profound changes and mix-ups. And you know, when I think when bands reach a certain height in their career or many heights. There's almost during during this time frame, really, also '90s and 2000s, that there's this license to do stuff like this, to produce albums like this, where you are mixing it up and changing things and going kind of next level production wise, or maybe this is like when they were touring, you know, that that the tours were just bigger and more expansive and crazier lighting, and they felt like we can do an epic different album with this mega producer i mean bob rock touched on so many bands from metallica to fucking share so you know what do what do we what did we really what did i really expect at this point in their career um this album i'm i you know i'm not i don't think i would have necessarily gone here with my whole take on this album like that this would be in the place of their catalog but Again, it's leaving me hanging for more. So we we're persevering here to move on in the discography of the Tragically Hip. I feel like Bob Rock producing the Hip in two thousand nine because he produced the Black Album and fucking what was that ninety one ninety two is like trying to get you know fucking Nigel Godrich. To fucking produce an indie rock album today, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Cool. He did. He did some cool shit in the nineties, and and you know he's done some cool shit since then. So that's not entirely fair. But he's not. Don't expect the fucking black album. Don't go into it thinking that. Interesting parallel with the Godrich 
uh, reference, I was I immediately thought of Terror Twilight and you know in the pavements oeuvre, like how that record is so divisive, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like this record is very divisive as well. Like be talking out of school here, but there's some people that say it's their absolute favorite record. I I don't know if they're being genuine mm. or if they're defending defending it from the people who say it's the worst record. You know? I, I genuinely enjoy that record, but I'll say this, I don't think it's the best fucking record. No. You know? I but I genuinely enjoy it. The, the difference is 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 that this record I hate to say it, I don't genuinely enjoy it. I mean, I think it's decent work. But, like, if you want to put this against even the EP or fully completely, like, go fuck yourself. Don't even, don't even. Wow. I, I, Siri just told me to, that she wanted to translate what I just said into a different Oh, language. she sure does. She's been hot after you since the invention of the iPhone when she didn't even exist right. yet. I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like, uh, I see what you're saying, J.D., but I, I, I think Bob Rock, I don't know, this just it jumped the shark, man. JD, the, 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 the iTunes and TELUS pre-order bonus tracks, Hush and Skeleton Park, I, I have not listened to those. I, I looked them up yesterday to try to find it and didn't. But have you listened to those bonus tracks? Hush is two minutes and 29 seconds. I'm curious about that song. Me too. Obviously not singles, but, you know, it it left me when I read that there were these bonus tracks on this album. I mean, I was that was really, a thing to do back in the day. Man. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. A thing to do. Yeah. They're but I was like, OK, media, are these yeah. bonus tracks like something the band did more so without heavy production or I don't I, know. I don't know. I, yeah, I wish I yeah. could speak to that. It, it was. It's like that. A lot of people will tell us. We missed the boat with in violet light as well. Hmm. There are there are bonus tracks that are supposed to be really good, and you know I haven't I haven't given them proper yeah. time maybe to we'll, maybe uh, we'll do a bonus track episode. Oh, there you go, bonus track yeah. episode. Bonus fee, bonus fee. Bon- oh. <laughs> nice. Okay, so um, my question that I wanted to ask you, you guys have really sort of answered it, because my question was. Uh, Based on how I know you feel about this record now, you're both if you if if this kid is little if if this record is little Johnny in 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 your class, your grade two class, and um he's got sixty-five percent, you're gonna bump him to sixty-six percent so he gets the C plus. That's how I okay. feel you guys that's how I feel you guys might think of this record. You're not ready to give it a C minus. Um, or maybe you are, but what I want to get at is a, where are you with that? You know, uh, we don't normally rank the records, but I'm, I'm curious if you're ranking with this one. Does that influence what you're expecting of the next record? Like, do you think it's, you know, it's over like, (laughs) I I'm feeling like the, I'm, I'm going to the next album different producer i'm going into the next album as if i have some knowledge about the tragically hit but but that this particular album 
um, we are the same that I, it, it's just not, it's not in me. It hasn't resonated in me. It's not like stuck in me as a right. hip album. So I can go, I can go into the next one with pretty, still a pretty open mind. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to watch this bathhouse recording, this video they did that aired yeah. in movie theaters. I would like to see it and, you know, see if I'm like catching what the vibe is or. I, yeah, me too. Just seeing if Bob had these guys even on video, just do, 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 do. I don't know, but uh, I'm still anxious for the next one because this one, even the singles were just not really, right. not really grabbers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know about ranking wise. I just know that you know I don't have any expectations for the next record, so I'm excited in the terms of like I don't want to say I was disappointed with this, but I wasn't, I wasn't over the moon with it. So anything that comes next. It's most likely gonna maybe not blow my socks off, but gonna blow my skirt up a little bit. So, and I am wearing a skirt right now, just for those of you who are just listening to the podcast instead of watching it. <laughs> and it's lovely, by the way. It is a poodle he's, skirt. It's got a poodle. Yeah, he, he's got a he's got a crinoline in it. It's it's really wonderful what he's done. Oxford shoes. Uh, Yes, a little, I, I still little think you can turn that under desk camera on. You don't. You don't have to save it for that other podcast you work on. That's bonus feed, baby. <laughs> That's right. Under desk. Bonus feed. Pizza. You get live footage of Pete's under desk feed. <laughs> I think. I'll, I think I actually will show up at the fucking uh, at the live show with a poodle skirt on. Oh, that'd be great. We should get. Wear, a, you know what I'll we should do? Skirt. It's fine. We should get a sacrifice get a, a poodle. Let's live. get some money going. Let's get some money going. If if there if we get money, if we get let's say this, if we get five hundred bucks, <laughs> so we can donate it. Like beside the ticket sales, besides all the other stuff, the raffle, all that jazz. But if we get five hundred dollars for people that donate, so we can just take a chunk of five hundred and call it the poodle skirt fund. To the Downey Wenjek uh, Foundation, I wear a fucking skirt, that uh, thing, a poodle skirt, no less. I'll do that. I'll, I'm on board. Yeah. Okay, then it's going to be a thousand. Tim. I mean, I own at least one. Not there's no poodles, but I I have a skirt. So okay, I, I'm not afraid. All right, it's got to be a poodle skirt, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Yeah. And with that, we leave We've you hanging. Got We've got one last thing to deal with mm. on yeah. this on this record mm-hmm. of songs that you didn't necessarily love. You've got to pick one to represent as the MVP, but also something that will work in your playlist. Right. You know what I mean? So this is tough. It's getting tough. I got mine. Depression Sweet. 100%. Depression Sweet. Yeah. Whoa. Nine minutes, 27 seconds. I was back and forth on a few, honestly, between uh, Queen of the Furrows, which I just had such a fun time learning about. Yeah, that's so great. To Speed River, which I thought was just kind of a cool song. I know we we talked about all the things. but I ultimately kind of like frozen in my tracks. I felt um, felt this one was just a little bit different enough in how these songs feel on this album. 
And uh, I, I, you know, to leave me hanging wondering about soldiers in war. Like, I, I love that shit. I kind of eat that up. So, Frozen in My Tracks is mine. Excellent. I love this. This is great. Okay. Well, that's all I've got. How about you guys? Anything else you'd like to add? Make it a great day or not. The choice is yours. Namaste. Namaste. Pick up your shit. Thanks for listening to Getting Hip to the Hip. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review the show at gettinghiptothehip.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at gettinghippod. And join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fully and completely. Questions or concerns? Email us at jd at gettinghiptothehip.com. We'd love to hear from you. Podcasts and such.